Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Hacker Nation, Scott Hansen here. Are you fired up for today? Are you excited? I hope so, because today is going to be high energy. I mean, we're always high energy, right? But today you're really going to learn something very, very valuable. And maybe you've heard of these thing called TED Talks. If you haven't, TED Talks are literally located all over the world as one of the most prestigious speaking platforms in the entire planet. Well, today we're going to learn from the man who has coached 10X and TED speakers from all over the world. Today, our featured guest is Mr. John Pates. John, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. I'm fired up. Yes. Success Hackers is brought to you by Meet Advisors, empowering business through advice. John Bates is in business to bring out what is awesome inside every person so that it can live in the world and make a real difference. His group training is world famous and executives from companies like Johnson & Johnson, Innovation Labs, IBM, Second Genome, and more recommend him to their colleagues as the best communications and leadership trainer working today. John has also trained hundreds of TED and TEDx speakers all over the world. John currently works with C-level executives at top companies to make their communications TED-worthy. In addition, John is co-author of World Class Speaking in Action, an Amazon bestseller. John Bates, welcome to Success Hackers, man. It is great to have you. Thank you, Scott. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited to talk to the people who are in your hacker nation, because I think these are people who are doing things, and I like to work with people who are up to stuff. John, you know, I gave Hacker Nation just a little bit of background of you, a little bit of background of your business, but would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and how you got speaking in the speaker world. Well, let me start with uh, probably the darkest moment of my life. It's October 20th, 2000. I've just been in Switzerland talking about the new economy and the difference that the internet's making and how it's going to change everything. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of the internet. And I've just gotten home from that, that gig and I am in my office and our investors who have so far invested $80 million into our company, bigwords.com are telling us that they can't raise any more money because the market's tanked and we're not profitable yet. So they're just going to pull the plug and we go bankrupt on October 20th, 2000, seven days before my birthday. I get kicked out just like everybody else in the building. And we all end up at the 21st Amendment across the street in San Francisco crying in our beer and just wondering what in the world just happened. Ouch. <laughs> so, that was a bummer. Um, 
and you know, I mean, that experience actually almost killed me. I got an autoimmune disease, I think, from the stress and the lack of sleep from that whole time. How I got to that point is that I uh, started working on the internet in '87 at UCLA, installing computer networks and managing them. And then I got a job at a dot com company in 1994, which was the first ever location on the internet was the first destination on the internet it was called virtual vegas Hmm. and it wasn't real gambling because nothing was secure enough to do that in the first place and that wasn't really what we wanted to do we just wanted to make a really cool place and (laughs) we could never keep up with the bandwidth demands because it was so popular and the thing that's interesting is when we announced it at comdex from that moment on for the next couple of years i did nothing but speak at conferences, speak at conventions, talk to the talk to the press, talk to the you know the news people, the TV cameras, the the newspapers, everything. That became my whole job, and uh, you know business development and communications and all that. Uh, so that's how I started, and then that because I just had so much experience in such a short time, that kind of became my job at all the different companies I worked at after that. And so I've kind of been a technology company evangelist, if you will, uh, since 1994. And, uh, and then I started training TED and TEDx speakers in, in what I had found worked best to communicate with people and started getting asked to come train at these really amazing companies. And that's how I got here. We talk a lot about passion on the show, John, and the importance of passion is how super important it is when building a business. Why do you think that that's so important in business? There are two extremes of why that's so important. And one extreme is the extreme I was just talking about. You know, when we were having that problem, we called it heads stuck together. Uh, (laughs) When we were having that problem and I was running customer service and everything was just seriously felt like it was going to hell in a handbasket. I had people on a regular basis that I had to take into the other room and hold them while they cried and pat their back and tell them they were going to be okay and then send them back out to deal with more upset students. Uh, You know, it felt like we were in a submarine that had gone too deep. You know that in those submarine movies and you hear the... Right, right. right? And you're like, and you're just like, oh my God, what's going to (laughs) happen? I mean, it felt like that every day for months. And... If I didn't have a passion for what I was doing, man, I don't think I could have made it through that. That was one of the hardest times of my life. And I mean, I remember I went home at midnight. I'd, I'd get in bed and cry myself to sleep. And then I'd get up the next day at five or six and go in and try and be, uh, not try, I'd have to be cheery for the first set of people that showed up and worked all day. Then I'd send them home be there for the second set that came in and worked all night and you know in in the evening and then I'd go home and cry myself to sleep again you know mm. and uh, and it was the passion that and caring about what we were up to so much that got me through that and then I think that the other end is the the upside the passion even when you're doing really well to do even better you know because I think it's really easy to take off the girdle and then get clobbered you know, whether you're having really hard times or, or having really great times, that passion of what you do is the thing that's going to keep you coming back and doing more and trying harder and doing it even better and not taking your girdle off and, and getting clobbered because you, you know, kind of took your, your hands off the wheel. 
it's kind of as you were talking, I was thinking of, I like to play golf. I'm not great. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can keep up with people, but I'm not, you know, I'm not amazing. I don't get enough, I don't get out enough to actually be amazing, but you know, I show it in the, the high eighties, low nineties. And when I play, you know, you have a lot of bad shots and bad shots and bad shots. And all of a sudden yeah. you'll crush a drive 275 yards down the middle, or then you'll, you'll put it on the green and you'll bury it and par it. And that's what you remember. And it's kind of like that. It keeps you coming back because you're passionate. You know, you got it in you and you want to keep doing better. And it's similar to what you just mentioned about having passion in business and whatever it is that you do, even though you're going to have some days that you feel like maybe giving up or like you said, you cried yourself yeah. to sleep. You got up the next day at five, five thirty and saying, okay, yesterday is history. You know, let's rock and roll today. Let's make it happen. Let's get up and let's. Let's move the needle and let's make a dent in the universe. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. You know, it's funny you bring up golf because it's one of the things I talk about with people that I work with quite a bit. I say that golf, surfing, and public speaking are all very similar in that you will never be quite as good as you could imagine being. You could be the best golfer in the world and you can still imagine how you could be that little bit better. Right. You know, with surfing, they really should call it paddling because what you do most of the time is paddle, paddle to get out, paddle to be in the right position, paddle to stay in the right position, paddle to catch the wave. Then you jump up and for a few thrilling minutes, you're, or seconds even, you're, you're in that barrel, you're on that wave and then you kick out and you got to paddle again. And I think that's a lot like business too, you know, like there are those exhilarating moments, but really a lot of it is kind of a grind. And if you don't have the passion for what you're doing, the passion for being in that tube is what keeps you paddling all that time. No, I like, I like that analogy. I want to, I want to talk to you actually about the training that you do. You, you mentioned, uh, and, uh, in, in your bio, and I mentioned it in the start that you actually go into companies and help them communicate Ted worthy. What exactly does that mean? What I mean by that is that the world is watching now, I think, in a way that it never has been watching before. Everything gets recorded. Uh, you know, people have their video on on their phone. If even if it's not being videotaped or you know videoed professionally, there's people. There's somebody in the audience who may be putting it up on Vine. It might just be a quick little clip, or they might video the whole thing and then put it on Facebook. All this stuff is being videoed now. All the messages that you put out have this good chance of being put online somewhere. And I think it's really upped the ante for how much it means when you get out there in public and you're speaking. And then the other thing that is interesting about that is that so many people are now watching TED Talks. And if they're not watching TED Talks, they're watching other talks that are online. There's so much video up on Vimeo and YouTube and all these places. All the conferences record their speakers and make it available, South by Southwest, all this stuff. So People are getting really savvy about good presentations and people will not sit through or put up with crummy presentations like we all sat through for so long before this started to happen. Mm. So I think when I say be TED worthy, what I mean is make it interesting for the audience. Make it something that's actually going to be fun and interesting that they'll remember. Take 
the time to create something worth listening to because if you don't, people won't listen and they might record it. And if it's crummy and they put it online, that's what everybody's going to think of you. I'd love for you to share a success hack or maybe even a golden nugget, we call it, that somebody who is listening to this episode and listening to your voice saying, hey, this guy is sharp, he's smooth, he comes across very confidently, he obviously trains and teaches people to become the best in the world at what they do. Someone's listening and say, hey, you know, I'm not great, but I'm okay, but I really want to take it to that next level. What's maybe one or two things that they need to focus on or do to get to that level? Okay, I'm going to answer it this way. First thing I want to say is anybody who's listening who thinks I'm okay or thinks I'm not any good or I'm really good, I think beginner's mind is just a great place to be. Everybody that's listening has what it takes to be a phenomenal communicator, no matter what they think, Scott, because... It's that important to human beings that if their ancestors all the way back through time were not good enough communicators, they wouldn't even be here. It's Hmm. that important to evolution to be a good communicator as a human being. So anybody who's alive right now and listening to this has what it takes genetically because if they didn't, they wouldn't be here. So that's the first place. So no matter what you think of it, you are a good communicator. You have the possibility of it. And I will tell you the single thing that I hear back from the most after I do my trainings and presentations uh, from place, you know, this is from places like NASA to big CEO groups to things like Vistage and the Renaissance Executive Forums and all that. When I do my presentation for them, there's one thing that consistently people tell me alters their approach more than anything else. Your presentation is not a presentation. It's a performance. Hmm. And here's what I mean, because I'm in LA. So sometimes when people hear that, they think, oh, you mean, whoa, you're not being yourself. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the kind of performance I mean. It's inherent in the words. In a presentation, I would just present it to you. Here you go. It's yours to do with what you want. Bingo. I handed it to you. I presented it to you. I did my job. But in a performance, I'm going to think about where you are right before I start. What's your mental state? And then how do I open? What do I grab you at the beginning? Do I make you want to listen? And then do I keep you interested all the way through? And where do I leave you at the end? What do you feel like? What will you remember? What was this experience like for you? And that's what I mean by it's not a a presentation. It's a performance. And I could give you a a real quick business case around how I came up with this and the difference it made for me if you want to hear it. Please, of course. So I talked to the press for my entire career pretty much. And anyone who talks to the press, if you ask them, you say, have you ever been misquoted? Of course, we've all been misquoted. And it's frustrating and it's embarrassing and it's usually for the worse. And it's just not what you want. You work so hard to get those messages right. And then... It, it comes out in the paper and it's wrong, you know? And so I was dealing with this about 12 years ago. And I, and I, the funny thing is I was kind of self-righteous, you know, Scott, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk. And I, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm being responsible for what I say. Why can't they get it right? If everybody would be responsible for what they said, we'd have a better world, blah, 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 you know? But in this course I was taking where I was dealing with this and thinking about it, 
I saw that I was stopping early. Okay, great. I'm being responsible for what I say, but I could also be responsible for what they hear. That sounds crazy, right? How could you be responsible for what another human being hears? That's kind of on them. I didn't know how to do it, and nobody told me I should do it, but I got really inspired by what would be possible if I were responsible for what they heard, and I started taking it on. And when I started doing these trainings, people would always ask me, well, how did you do that? And you know, I didn't know. I mean, I just took it on and started running with it. But looking back, I identified three big things that happened. The first one is I would actually pay attention to who they were before I met them. You know, before that, I told you I was a jerk. I thought they were pretty lucky to be able to talk to me because we're doing such exciting things and I'll make time for them and they're pretty lucky, right? What a jerk. When I got this, I started reading one or two of their articles before we had a meeting. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right? How arrogant was I before? Mm. But once, once I read one or two of their articles, I would get an idea of who they were and where they were coming from. And then I could, then the second thing is I spoke to them from that place. You know, I would think about who they were and what they had written. I might even mention something from the article. And all of a sudden we would be, my, our, my communication was much more in line with how they listened. And then when I got to those things that were really important to me to communicate, I would say to them, gee, you know, that last thing I just told you, it's really important to me. And I just want to be sure I communicated it correctly. Would you mind playing it back to me? Now, that is as opposed to what I used to say, which is, would you mind playing that back to me so I can be sure you got it right? Right? Forget you if you say it that way. But when the minute that I said, I want to be sure I communicated it correctly, all of a sudden they were totally happy to help me because it wasn't them on the line. It wasn't some referendum on their ability to listen. It was about my ability to communicate it. So they got very excited about it. And then the biggest deal, Scott, is when they would play it back to me, I would listen like my life was on the line because it wasn't their responsibility anymore. It was my responsibility. That I love that. And, and, and that's so powerful. Hacker Nation, John just dropped so many golden nuggets on, on, on us about the art of not only communicating but connecting. And this... John, I think you'd agree that this can apply in anything, whether you're in sales, whether you're a CEO of a business, whether you're a leadership trainer, whether you're a speaker, a TED, anything we do in life is really the crux at it, like you mentioned earlier, is communication. And one of the things John Maxwell, who I know you know, um, he has a book called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. And the entire book is about that everyone can talk, but it's that just the tweaks that you make, like you were just discussing, makes all the difference in the world. And when you take the focus off of you and pay attention, truly pay attention to what they're saying and being in the moment and and empowering them, everything shifts. It's the energy, it's the law of vibration, whatever you want to call it, that's why communicating in so many different realms is so critical to a business owner, to a speaker, to anybody to really become more influential. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. A hundred percent agree. Awesome. It's, you know, it's that thing of if you've got a great idea, but you can't communicate it, 
it just stays in your head and it never actually gets out in the world to make a real difference. Yeah, no, completely agree. So we talk on the show a lot about successes and wins and accomplishments and accolades, which is all great. Everybody loves mm-hmm. those stories. Sure. But I believe that a mark of a true winner, John, is that when someone actually fails, and you mentioned it earlier, but they might have even feel like giving up, but then they keep moving yeah. forward. They keep going. Yeah. Do you remember a moment when you failed? Maybe it was recent. Maybe it was way back in the day. And maybe you even wanted to give up. Take us back to that specific moment. Get raw with us for a few minutes and take us back. And then what did you actually learn from that that maybe shifted your life? You know, Scott, I think I would go back to that moment I mentioned earlier where my company that, that there were four of us, we had raised $80 million. We were just being seated all over the world. People loved us. They wanted to hear what we had to say. We were the golden children. And then we went out of business mm. for $80 million. And it, and I was the face of the company. I was the one everybody knew. So I felt very responsible for that. Things happen, you know, as long as you gave it your best. I don't think that I needed to take it so personally, but man, did I. And I almost died of an autoimmune disease You know, I mean, I sat in the emergency room and saw the look in the doctor's eyes of like, we are really scared because we don't know what to do and we don't know if we can save you. Right. And that is a really scary look, you know? Yeah. And, And obviously I made it. And out of that, the probably the biggest thing that I learned out of that was that my context for my life was way too small. And here's what I mean. I'd been living like success only knocks once and this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you better jump on this or you'll never get a chance again. And you know, all that I've been very, very short sighted in how I was dealing with everything. And I'm all for being committed, but not short sighted. And what I got out of that experience is that that was not actually the context that I wanted to live my life in. I want to live my life in a context that's much bigger. And and my context for my life now is something like I'm here to make a difference, period. And inside that, inside a context of opportunity only knocks once, an $80 million failure, that does not fit, you know, that blows that context up. In the context of I'm here to make a difference, you can have an $80 million failure and keep going because you're here to make a difference. And the cool thing about that context is that failure doesn't stop you. And I, and I think success doesn't stop you either. Cause I know people who've been stopped stone cold by success, but in the context of I'm here to make a difference, it's just a daily check-in with yourself. Are you making a difference? Are you giving it your all? Are you giving it the best you've got and go do it? Yeah. And I, and I talk about when I'm coaching clients is uh-huh. ask yourself this one self-coaching question. Was I better today than I was yesterday? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. cause for you, you said, well, you know, you're, you're, it could have been 8 million. It could have been 800 bucks. It could have been, you know, in your case, it's $80 yeah. million. Dollars, but yeah. for you, the vision, am I making a difference? And that might sound yeah. sort of small and sort of, you know, aha or obvious, but the reality yeah. of it is, is that is a massive vision because everybody's definition of making a difference might be a little bit different. But for you, whether it's failure, whether it's success, you just keep you just keep climbing your success mountain to continue to impact more and more people. 
And you know, it's great you said that, Scott, because there there is a fulfillment and a satisfaction that I feel, even in small things, that on some days outweighs the big things. You know, I was the first employee at a place called goldstar.com, which gets half price tickets to live events. Now we do other great things for our members, like we might get them exclusive tickets and things like that. And that, that's been a big success. And I was the first employee there. I'm still a part owner. And when I look back over the millions and millions and millions of dollars that we've put into small theaters and sports franchises and other people that they just got together and they wanted to do something to entertain people. And we were able to give them lots and lots and lots of uh, visitors and money be, you know, that's really fulfilling and that's huge. And we've made an enormous difference there. John, we are now going to enter what we call the randomness round. But before we do, let's take a quick moment and hear from our sponsor. Success Hackers is now heard on the Igloo Radio app. Listen to Igloo Radio anytime to hear their shows on demand or those you may have missed. The app will also send notifications alerting you to special programs and information on what we are talking about each and every week. In addition to Success Hackers, Igloo Radio offers other independent podcasts covering a variety of subjects that you won't find anywhere else. Igloo Radio, spelled I-G-L-U, is available for iPhones, iPads, and Android mobile devices. You'll find Igloo Radio at both the Apple and Google Play app stores. Igloo Radio, I-G-L-U Radio. Download it today. All right, John, we are now entering the randomness round. It's like putting you on the Success Hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. Best advice you've ever received. Best advice I've ever received was from the first investment round that I was personally responsible for helping raise. They handed us about $2.5 million, which seemed like way more than the $60 million that we got, you know, later in that company. Uh, and they, as they handed it to us, they said, B people hire C people because they want to look good. A people hire A plus people because they want to get the job done right and they're not afraid of learning something. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Meditation is a daily habit that I at least aspire to and I do and have done regularly that's made an enormous difference for me. You now own a time machine, John. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self Knowing what you know today about business and life, give your 25-year-old self. Wow. Oh, Scott. So I think what I would probably do is go back and I'd put my hands on my shoulders and I'd look myself in the eyes and I'd say, just believe in yourself. If Even if it looks really, really dark, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Just follow your gut, follow your instinct, trust your heart, and don't spend so much time worrying about whether you're going to be okay, go out and do something positive instead of spending that energy on worrying about whether you're going to be all right. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Oh, that's a good question. I have always heard from people, they would say, John, we really love your enthusiasm. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? 
I'm a pretty good lead singer. I'm so glad you brought that up because we've had probably two other individuals that have come on the show as guests of all the guests that we've had. And it's just customary that when someone says, I can sing or I'm a lead singer, that it's just customary for me and for the rest of Hacker Nation to hear how good you are. So now it's customary for you to belt out a few tunes. You know, at least maybe just a verse of a song. I said goodbye and you looked at your swatch. You let me know that I had kept you too long. I watched your tail lights as you drove away. I thought of things that I should have said. It's all right to say goodbye. It's all right. John, very good. Thank you. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Last question of the randomness round, John. When your life is near the end, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, what I would like would be for some of the ideas and some of the things that I've managed to articulate in a way that people can really hear to be out there in the world and have a lot of people be using them and know about them and talking about them. And maybe it would be cool if a few of them credited me and said, hey, John's the guy who really made this understandable. But but even better would be just if they were out there making a difference. This has been incredible. Thank you, John, for your time and also sharing these awesome success strategies with Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? I think the best place to go would be my website, executivespeakingsuccess.com. It's a long URL, but you probably only have to type it once, executivespeakingsuccess.com. And there are some videos there. There's some links out to other videos. I also do have, Scott, an interesting YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash exec speaking. And if you go there, there are some talks to learn from, which are some talks that were great ideas, but not necessarily the best presentation. And then there, there is a list there that I would highly recommend called Absolutely Great Speeches. And if you went and watched every one of those speeches, it would probably make a lifelong difference for you and your business. And uh, can anybody follow you on Twitter? Yeah, it's at John Bates. At John Bates. At John Bates. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with John, along with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. Oh, and don't forget, you can take this show, these interviews, and me, and listen to them anywhere that you're at. All you have to do is go to successhackers.net, clicking on the iTunes tab, and then click subscribe to the show on the actual iTunes page. When you're on the iTunes page, we love our five-star ratings and review. Why do we love them so much? It's because when you leave ratings and when you leave great reviews, that allows the show to grow in iTunes, and that also allows this show to impact and empower more people to play bigger both in life and business. If you want to connect with me and the show on Twitter, go to at ScottHanson1210, at ScottHanson1210, and we can connect on Twitter. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.